Mojave Beach Productions. Mojave Beach Productions present Podcast Excursions, a series that listeners may depend on for conversations and observations from individuals who strive to provide quality programs that entertain, educate, and enlighten. Patrick, we have really got some exciting guests on today, and this is something you listen carefully. I'm going to be listening carefully, too, because these two know what we wish we knew, right? Exactly. Okay. We have on today Eric and Amber Beal, and they have a company. It's, it's called a Different Mix. It's a D-I-F-M-I-X.com is their website. And these two, this young couple, decided that they're going to give people like us what we really need, and that's some direction on how to reach the public. Um, I'm just going to throw some couple of boring stats out to you, but do you know that there are two million podcasts worldwide being heard at any given moment? And wow. yeah, and 48 million episodes. Now, you know, Patrick, you know, I started doing this years and years and years ago, and it was way ahead of its time. Nobody else was doing it. Nobody knew what I was trying to do. And that was in the year 2000. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm at the other end. Wait a minute, folks. I had this idea a long time ago, and now I'm trying to climb up the heap. But you know, in just 2018, which is about the time I was making a determination to do this again, there were only 500,000 podcasts worldwide. So look at that growth. 41% of just the United States uh, listens at least once a month to a podcast. And that's up 37% from a year ago. Where in the world is this headed? So Let's talk to Eric and to Amber and find out when, when I read a little of their promo about their company and what they want everybody to do is what they do. That's think outside the box. So Eric and Amber, just jump in here and tell us, why did you decide to do this? Yeah, well, we've both been doing uh, video production for... Um... What, combined about 20, over 20 years now combined I've about about 12 years for for me but podcasting is is a relatively newer field for us we started that actually in 2020 in the midst of uh, covid actually what happened with us is for when covid was was happening well I guess it still is actually but uh at the peak of of 2020 we weren't really in a lot of people's offices a lot. So our, a lot of our productions kind of got cut in half. We had some post-production work, but we were kind of, we're a, a little light on, on workload. And then uh, that's kind of where we kind of started to get into podcasting. We had a client who started their podcast and asked if we could help them out. And we're like, we should be able, be able to do that. 
And then uh, it turns out we really like, we really enjoy the podcasting medium a lot. We love, we love doing it. Um, and the, one of the coolest things that we find that was a new thing for us was that we could help people anywhere in the world with that, managing mm-hmm. the podcast and whatnot. And that's something that was new to us where we were typically localized, where we had to, you know, go to somebody's office, you know, record them in there or whatever the, the, the project might be. But this is something that can really be done very effectively uh, remotely too. Yeah, that, that's kind of how we got started into podcasting. Uh, Amber, did you want to add anything? Uh, no, I think you really summed it up. Okay. <laughs> it was because of COVID <laughs> we started doing podcasting and we love it. It's coming from a video background. It, it, it's very easy for us because video, having that video element makes things a little more complicated. And, you know, if somebody wants a vodcast, which is a podcast with a video, we can t- definitely handle it because we've been working with video for many, many years. So um, we were just really excited with the um, the possibility of working with people remotely and having like a subscription model. It was just all very uh, exciting and we really love it. You know, in some ways, uh, you take something as negative as COVID, you say, okay, what can I find positive in this? Mm-hmm. I know when, when we started, we said, my, my gosh, our timing is perfect. We were afraid nobody would listen because everybody is so busy. Everybody has a schedule and they're all racing here and there. Now, suddenly, boom, everybody's in the house going insane. You know, they <laughs> run out of doing the few things they're used to doing when they're home. And then they go, my God, what am I going to do now? So we said, this is great. We have a real service to offer. We can entertain them. We can inform them. We can enlighten them. We can inspire them. Well, of course, we weren't the only ones thinking that. <laughs> Suddenly our competition got tremendously strong. Mm-hmm. But we still think it's a good idea. And, and I love podcasting. Do you like episodic podcasting? That is the dramatizations or the individuals? And which do you work with the most? For the most part, they're, in, they're individuals. So really you can... Uh, the, we we mostly work with with those versus episodic types, mm-hmm. but I think the ones I, I I yeah I think the ones I enjoy the most are the individual. At least I find myself listening to those more, where I can kind of just you know find a topic on on a on a podcast and just listen to it without having to follow a series of them. I think I guess the exception sometimes with some of them that are like part one, part two, part three. If they're if it's a really in depth topic. What about the fiction podcast? Like we're talking about mysteries, comedies, dramas, et cetera. Yeah, I really like those. Those are my favorite. I mean, I really like true crime podcasts as well. That that seems to be a very popular <laughs> theme or genre mm-hmm. among podcasts. And um, there's a new one called Dark History. I really like that one. <laughs> that one's a fun one. Um, Ooh, that sounds good. And that's, a, and that's a great opportunity, Esther, I think, to, to ask this question or bring up this topic. And that is the mm-hmm. delivery methods. And I know that in your work, you get to experience a lot of these. And this is something that we've gone over a lot when we work with our voice actors, because uh, Esther will back me up on this. Our, for our biggest challenge is unlearning the, the voice acting coming from an actual actor, trying to read the lines and trying to, mm-hmm. to be more, more you know, theater or Broadway versus making it conversational, which is what mm-hmm. we, we strive for. Right. So do you, do you see that as one of the more engaging elements and, and, and how hard is that for your clients to grasp? I think exactly. it's really asking you, which do you find more engaging when yeah, you're you know, actors as if they're just talking to you like this lady does dark history. And like I did with the stranger in the house where we're just really talking to you and nobody else, but we're telling a story. 
Yeah. As opposed to those who are doing like an old time radio show, which we try very hard to steer away from. Right. What do you find the most engaging? Or do you even run into that in what you're doing? That's a good question. I, I, I think, I think it might kind of depend on the context. You know, if it, if it's like, if the podcast is very much like an entertainment type of podcast, then I think, I, I think some like voice acting and things that go along with that is a nice way to add value to it and make and, and add some uh, an entertaining factor to it. I think the the issue though could be that if it, that it could get you know too over the top and and too much, I guess depending. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the podcast medium is a little more focused towards like conversational. Um, yes. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, mostly what we work with is it's it's almost um, mostly uh, conversationalists. Yeah, a lot of our clients are like sales coaches or just coaches in general, life coaches, stuff like that. And so a lot of the times they're either either interviewing somebody else or they're doing a like a monologue type thing where they're talking to the listener. So that seems to be the majority of our clients. <laughs> it does, but you know what? I have to ask you guys. I frankly am so tired of hearing every everybody's doing political and everybody's doing just want to rant. And we have a dear, dear buddy. Uh, who who does this as well as anybody it's really engaging he's really really off the cuff but you know he's he's in his bedroom at three o'clock in the morning talking to himself <laughs> is what it amounts to <laughs> but he has a following but out of all of these what would, would you say two million podcasts out there at any given moment for, no 48 million excuse me golly i think 47 million of them are people with an opinion yeah totally what yeah How? you know because yeah it, it, it's true because you know the, the the thing with it is like there's if you especially if you're just doing like a monologue there's no one there to to deny what you're saying or whatever you can kind of just talk and go which i you know could be a good thing and it could be a, a bad thing because you could get a lot of people just like you know talking about crazy stuff or whatever who knows but no, look at joe reagan i mean he's just talking to himself so well, Rogan, Rogan has some in person also, but it's really, I mean, it's called the Joe Rogan show for a reason because it's all Joe Rogan. Right. Uh-huh. But he's got a good personality. I mean, Absolutely. isn't the personality that people listen to like Rush Limbaugh, weren't they listening to the personality? Yeah, yeah he's extremely not, engaging. Not, let me tell you, there, there is a, guys, I bet you know about this kind of stuff because it happens all over the world. There's this girl, <laughs> young, very thin, very pretty. And all she does is go to a food court in a mall, order food, put a timer on in front of her and see how fast she can eat. <laughs> uh, I would think act two, I might be kind of fun for act one, but act two would be, you know, what you're going to do so fast you can eat a hot dog as prepared to a hamburger. What do you find to be the most common subject that people are asking you for help on? Well, generally people just need help with they don't want to focus on the technical aspect like they just want to be able to hit record and say what they need to say and then hit stop <laughs> and then have us take care of the rest so a lot of the times that's what they need help with is you know what recording software do i do i need to use how do i send you the file um do i need editing can you edit uh what time should i schedule it what time should i release it uh how long should it be when should i launch how do i launch <laughs> like there's a lot of uh, questions just around that not so much content but like how do i do it how do i let me interrupt you and let me start over let me ask you what exactly do you do if i called you and i said amber uh we have a podcast i need you to help us with where do you take it from there 
Well, we would see what kind of podcast you have. I, I, I'm totally interested in all of our clients' podcasts. And, you know, they're all so different, also unique, and they all have their own voice. And then I would set them up with a recording software that's all web-based, set them up with a um, custom client portal so that when they're done recording on their, on their uh, recording software, we automatically have it. They don't have to worry about sending it to us. They fill out no, the Let's do this in English. <clears throat> All right. I'm a client and I'm calling you. What do I need to buy? And not from you, but I mean, like equipment. What do I need to get in order to have your services? Well, if we're talking about equipment, I'm going to let Eric handle that one. He's the tech guru for that. Yeah, right, so, so you would say, Esther, I understand you have a podcast. Here's what you need to get. Okay. Yep. Take it from there. Yeah. Well, I think a good like a good starting point for, for equipment, a good jack of all trades is like a Blue Yeti X. It's a good jack of all trades, microphones, yeah. easy, yeah. easy to take with you and things like that. So it's very portable. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a good solid microphone that you can even set it up in like a round, as like a round table type of situation. So right. if you have like mm -hmm. a three or four people in a, in, a, in a room or whatever, then you can use that one microphone. It's, it's not going to be the best microphone for any one particular thing, but it's one of the better ones for a jack of all trades that can- All right, you so you're telling me the anything. client, Esther, go out and buy a mic. So yeah. I go on Amazon probably- and I order in our case, you know, I would order blue ice. Uh, so I've got my mic now and all I need to do there, I'm just going to plug it in my little USB port here, plug it into my tower. And now do you recommend that they get a headphone or do they do this without headphones? Oh, absolutely. With headphones. Is there a wide range? Is there one you say, I don't mean to say, don't say a brand that can't get, I don't want sued, but <laughs> Uh, would you say a mid-price one or is it behooves you to sink some money into headphones? What do you tell your client? Well, for the most part, the, the, the main thing is just to have a conversation with the other, other person without, without the audio coming from the uh, computer speaker. The right. recorder software has to filter out audio and headphones really go a long way towards helping, helping improve that. So for the most part, you know, you don't really necessarily need like studio quality, quality headphones, unless you're doing audio work, you're actually doing, you know, balancing audio, mixing audio and things like that. But if you just need to hear, then really any $10, $20 pair of earbuds goes quite a long ways. And a lot of people okay. don't, don't Interesting. Use that. That's really good to know. Uh, what's the next thing you tell them if they're going to have your service? What's the next thing you tell them they need? And then tell me what you provide. They need their show intro and, and artwork and to go along with their with their podcasts. No, I'm still talking about the physical. For instance, we recommend that you take, uh, I've got a little screen that's a styrofoam. I got it at Walmart for under $2. It's three panel. It's about three feet high. And I used to put that uh, behind me. I don't do that mm -hmm. anymore because my room is more soundproofed a bit now. We had this terrible sound of being in a tin can mm -hmm. before we understood what was going on that they were talking with nothing behind them mm -hmm. and um, so we were getting all of this echo mm -hmm. so do you recommend anything for their setting 
Yeah, you know, it depends on their on their setup. And also really, it depends on the individual too. Some people like want it as simple as possible where I, there's some people I wouldn't dare have them buy foam panels and have them put them put it up. Depends on how focused they are on on audio quality, really. Like some people, I we have several clients that they're not that concerned about audio quality. They're 100% concerned about getting good content and getting it, it out there. I think the most important thing is how well can you hear the person talking? Like, if, if is there lots of distraction, distracting background noises and things like that? Patrick, um, don't you have a question in here? The, my main question on this one was going to be yours, which was, yeah, which one? What's more important, the sound quality or the content? And I think that's probably the, the classic struggle here. But it sounds like content rules unless the sound quality gets in the way. Is that yes. is that fair? That's what I, yes, I 100% agree. The, if the, the content's great, but then there's lots of distracting sounds that, that's not, not pleasant for your listeners, then that you'll lose listenership, things like that. But, but you don't need an absolute perfect studio setup though to get, sure. uh, the main thing is like, you know, you know, dog barking in the background, kids crying, whatever, <laughs> or traffic in the background. <laughs> distractions, you know, distractions. Yeah. Yeah, well, that which brings I've, heard, that, I've heard all the above. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Well, that brings and that brings up what I consider to be a terrible question. I'm going to ask it anyway, and this might be uh, more for Amber because it deals with content. What do you do with a client who is dead set on their content and it's terrible? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> that is the really good question. <laughs> well, can they monetize it? As long as they can keep their their podcast going, then it's up to them what their content is and they have listeners and they're happy with it. Then that's all that matters as long as they can keep it going. But I see from their perspective, it's interesting. Like you're right. If you can monetize it, who are we to say what's, what's bad content? Yeah, it's hard. Cause like, you know, there's actually some, it might be even a topic that I'm not interested in or might be, I'm, I'm like, what is this? Like, and so one of the things I guess is the, who the audience is too. So who the, the listeners are, like if they're getting listeners, then there's, there's clearly a market for, for that. Now, if they came, if someone came to me and was like, Hey, I'm not getting listeners. And then I, I listened to it and I'm like, yeah, I know why you're not getting listeners is it's really boring content or whatever. If it's something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. then yeah, then. Well, definitely if they ask us for feedback, I'm going to give them honest. Feedback. Oh yeah. I give feedback all the time, but um, I'm careful. Yeah. Like if they definitely ask, then I'm going to give them honest feedback. If this is their show and they've had it for a while and we're just taking it over and this is what's working for them, then I'm going to let them do what they're doing, what they do best. And I just take care of the technical part. So Mm. it's really up to, it depends, I guess, for each, each person. Yeah, it does. You know, uh, I was so convinced that if I told about my own UFO experiences, that we would get that whole crowd that's really into UFOs and we'd get some intelligent conversations going. So I hurriedly put together podcast one and podcast episode one and episode two. I've never had anything fail so loudly. I mean, it made a crash as it hit the bottom. <laughs> but we found in our, in our data and our stats, we saw they only listening 40 seconds and then going, you know, turning it off. Oh, wow. uh, friends were telling me that is the worst idea you've ever had. I loved it. But this is where you you need somebody beside you to say, you know what, go ahead and try it. But I think you're going to prove yourself wrong. And you're going to, I took it off. Oh my God, I couldn't get it off fast enough. Because <laughs> I'm true. not there to, to prove I'm, I'm right and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're there for an audience. We're not there for ourselves. This isn't an ego trip. Right. This is something we think we have to offer. Yeah. So if you find that people are walking away, you know, in droves 
just it, have sense enough to stop it. And so I did. Yeah, but that, that's a good question, Patrick. But I, I just think, you know, like if I come to you and, and I'm all hyper about something like the UFO thing that I thought was such a good idea. I think actually you thought it was a good idea too at the time. So probably it was my execution that was um, a, a turnoff. Somebody else could do it or I could do it another way. You never know what an audience is going to take to and what they're not, I guess. Yeah, it's really easy to get caught up on like and on honestly, I've oh my gosh, I've been there so many times where I've gotten like, oh, this is such a cool idea, and I spend some time on 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 this, and I'll show it to Amber and I'll be like, what do you think of this idea? And she's like, ah, uh, why don't we work on it a little little longer? <laughs> and I'm like, you, you know his language. Yeah. <laughs> but and then like I look at it a week, couple weeks later, and I'm like, yeah. wow, what did I, what was I writing? This is. <laughs> This is so dumb. This is horrible. Okay, let's go back to, to the services that you guys offer because we're, I'm getting you off track. I'm sorry. So now somebody has called you and you've told them uh, what microphone to get, how very simple that is. You just plug it into your ISB uh, port. Now you're going to get a headset. It doesn't have to be expensive. You're just going to get a headset. You're going to plug it, plug it into an ISB port. And now what do they do and what do you do? Take it from there. Well, we set up their accounts with a so we, we utilize a, a system called Riverside dot, uh, dot FM, and it's actually built for for podcasters. And what it does, is it records really high quality localized files, and then it uploads it. And so what, but uh, what we do is we set that up for them, and we kind of just make it as simple as possible for them. And then they simply go on that, record their their episode. We set um, and we set up a whole system where they can send like a PDF out to any guests that they have, and the guests just kind of follow that, and then they they click a button on that. And it takes them right where they need to go to do their their guest interview. And then once they're done with, done with the recording, it gets sent over to us automatically, and uh, we pretty much just just take it from there. So as what far do you as do? Wait, what's that mean? Do you edit it then? Yes. So depending on depending on what services that they want, if they want full editing or if it's just like more minor edits and things like that, the stuff that we always do is balance out audio, mix it down nicely, get it all cleaned up. If there's background noise, that uh, that sort of thing. And then, of course, tagging on like an introduction, any call to actions and then get it published. So from the client standpoint, from what they see happen is they just do the recording they conduct their interview, hit the record button, and then they hit stop. And then they're pretty much done at that point. And they don't have to take the file. They don't have to upload it. They don't have to do any of that. We have a server that they have access to. So they have all their finished files mm -hmm. so that they can save those offline. So they have them do for their own records, that sort of thing. Do you do the distribution yourself? And do you work through somebody like Anchor, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio? Uh, how do you get their podcast out there to the public? We utilize uh, a system called Transistor. They actually have what's kind of cool about their system is they allow you to have multiple podcasts um, underneath one account. So we can we can host our clients' podcasts if they want and under that. Or if they prefer to use another system, then we would just get their account information for Anchor or Podbean or Buzzsprout or whatever it might be. And then we would just log in and schedule it out. You are actually a post-production house is what you are. Yeah. A virtual post-production house. So then are you also able to track their their listens and plays and give them some, some metrics and data afterwards? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, Transistor has really good reports with that. And so we're able to pass that along to our clients. Do you get into the marketing aspect? Not really. We partner with a couple of people. One of them's like a social media expert specializes in social media, like posts. And then another person specializes in uh, actual Facebook ads and Google ads and things like that. So we'll partner with them, but we don't handle that stuff directly. How do people know who to turn to right now with podcasts just being so very popular? Everybody wants to be your coach. Everybody wants you to buy one of their packages, the silver to the bronze to the gold. And they're going to get you before six billion jillion people. And they're going to offer the services you offer. How do people wade through that? Oh, man. Yeah, I guess one thing is to look at who's the, the person and do they have recommendations? Like, do there other people recommend them and things like that? But one of the big things I found on the workshop was that in doing my research on this, I found that the shysters have relatives and friends and people they pay to put up these glowing recommendations. Yeah, We don't know how to weed out the shysters among all of those offering their services in podcasting. Um, well, I think another thing, actually, we just had a client come to us because she had a problem with that. Like the last production house that she had hired, they were more hobbyists and she didn't really realize that until she had yeah. multiple episodes not get posted or get oh. lost and she had to redo them. <laughs> and oh, so no. she came to us. Yeah, she came to us so frustrated and just to her limit of like, what do I, I just I just need help, <laughs> you know, and I yeah. need the right people. And so she came to us and she was super relieved that getting her podcast out, we're giving her good feedback. We're, we're doing all the things. And one of the things that she actually said on one of our webinars, she attended, she gave us a really good recommendation and was like, you know, if you're looking for someone to help you make sure this is what they do. This isn't just a hobby. This is what they do. This is their business. Like, yes, and this yes. is their passion. And so you, you really see that like in our website. And, and if you attend our webinar, we have a free webinar that we do. It's uh, how to start a podcast and how to streamline it. Oh, that's and great. Yeah. And so we do that twice a month now and you can really like feel the passion through our talk because we really do love what we do. And you can, you can hear that through mm -hmm. the webinar mm -hmm. and through our podcast that's coming up. We're going to be launching our own podcast in November. So um, it's just really, does that person seem authentic? You really want to be able to have like a meeting and a zoom meeting would be the best just so that you can actually see them and like, kind of see if you relate to them, mm -hmm. ask the right questions, like how fast is their turnaround? Do they have a process with it? How do I get you the files? Like if you have the right questions to ask, you should be able to weed out at least through some of that mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if people wanted to take your webinar, how do they do that? they wanted to sign up for a webinar, the URL link is our website, which is diffmix.com slash webinar. And that's where that's D-I-F-M-I-X.com slash webinar. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. okay. And we need to update the, the landing page because we just had our, our recent webinar, but we're going to have another one in about a week. So that'll be on there and they can, you just register for it and it's about 30 minutes long. And so what they should do since this is a podcast and they'll be listening to it maybe a year from now. Mm -hmm. uh, and they say, oh, I wonder if they still have webinars. Just go to your website and check it out because yeah. you'll be letting them know when you have webinars, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. 
No, I also wanted to ask if you don't uh, mind yeah. jumping in there. Uh, so you mentioned you're going to be starting your own podcast. Uh, That's what I was going to say. Next month. Oh, perfect. Well, let me be the one to ask then. <laughs> tell, tell us about that. What are you going to focus on? And is it going to be a meta podcast about podcasts? <laughs> it, it's actually a podcast about entrepreneurship. So being, because I mean, we're pretty young. My husband's 31. I'm 29, assumed to be 30. And we've been entrepreneurs basically our whole lives. <laughs> and we've tried many things and we've failed at many things, but we <laughs> failed forward. So we're always trying something new and trying um, something that works for us, something that we can earn income passively. That is our, our goal. And we're just trying to share nuggets of wisdom, things that we've, you know, we've learned along the ways and also interviewing other entrepreneurs and seeing what they've done and just getting just wisdom out there. It's hard being an entrepreneur and just knowing that there's other people out there and they're learning and they want to share that. Speaking of meta, I heard about a podcast that was a guy, he was a, a, a journal, I think he was a journalist. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but what he would do is he would interview experts on interviewing techniques so it was like <laughs> interviewception like three layers right there it's kind of crazy it's it, funny i'd be careful to remember x is a has been and a spurt is a trip under pressure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really careful with that word but that is interesting everybody's trying to come up with a way to do this are you going to be offering any classes or workshops that would be maybe two, three, six, you know, episodes where it's subscription type thing. Yeah, we actually are working on it. Well, it's a course because we're still uh -huh. a video production company and we specialize in online courses and evergreen courses and training videos. And we're actually creating our own um, on how to edit your own podcast. And that's going to be released around the same time as our podcast, our own podcast. <laughs> are you going to be recommending software for editing? Yes. And we actually recommend a video editor, even for an audio podcast, just because mm. if you ever want to include video into your podcast, your workflow stays the same. You just add that video element to it. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you provide good tutorials because Patrick and I learned the hunt and peck system, didn't we, Patrick? We, we learned we the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> really, and we're still learning. But we, we both just watched all kinds of tutorials. And what is so frustrating with a tutorial is that you'll be following along and you go, hey, this is working pretty good. Okay, I'm following this. I'm doing that. Push this. Go here. Click on that. Okay. Now suddenly they come to a term. They might as well be telling me in Russian because I don't know what that word means. <laughs> I'm looking around on all my little toolbars and everywhere. I don't find it. Uh -huh. And then I, so that's the end of that. I can't go any further. I've had that exact same problem before too. If there's a new yeah. software I'm trying to learn, I'm like, but how, what, how did you just do that? Yeah, how'd you do that? <laughs> there, a window just popped up out of nowhere. Like, what did you yes. do that? Yes. Yeah, it's good that we know these things, though, because when you do yours, yours you've got to keep that in mind, that yes. you've got to yeah. go slow and you've got to remember that these are, are terms. Oh, you know, what was really exciting not too long ago. Patrick was not available. He had he went on a vacation or something that he shouldn't have done. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand it when he leaves me. <laughs> but I went, I'm never okay. going to live that down. <laughs> I go, OK, all right. I'll take a tutorial. Now we had been doing at this point, we had something like 50 productions up there 
but there's this big step in the technical side of editing that my brain just won't work around. It just does not. It's it's on duh, D-U-H constantly. Mm-hmm. So I, I always turn to Patrick. Oh, he's gone. Okay, I'm going to take a tutorial. Now, when we all started this, I took tutorials in the middle of the night during the day. I was up to here in tutorials, and I did not know what they were talking about. I had no clue. I didn't know any more when I finished it than when I started. So here we are, 50 productions down the line, and I'm listening to the same tutorials. But guess what? <gasps> because of practical experience now, I know I can follow what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> the odd part of it is I don't seem to retain it really well. <laughs> I <can> still <laughs> turn to Patrick every two minutes. But it's, yeah. it's true. A, a tutorial is of no value to you if they're not speaking the language that you speak. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's true. Cause it's like a lot of guys, you know, they, they, they're really good at what they do and whatnot, but then they, you know, they get so caught up in, in, in uh, what's super simple to them is like not simple to everybody else or everybody watching and stuff too. I think that that's where that really stems from is, is that, you, you know, who's I've, I've, I've found has all has typically had pretty concise tutorials is um, ripple training they've really yeah they have a lot of different softwares that they do and they're kind of all they're they'll they'll teach kind of just general how to use this this any what particular system as a whole but I've, i've found that they do a pretty good job at like any shortcuts that they do they always like put it on the screen and stuff too so at least at least on their basic ones maybe they might not do that on their because they have different tiers, like different levels and stuff too. So okay, like yeah. we're, not, we're still on tier one. Right, uh, right. Yeah. It's, it's called a ripple training. Did you say? Yeah, yeah, and okay. um, yeah, they 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 won't teach like specific whys, meaning meaning like they won't. They're they're typically not teaching certain topics, but they'll they'll teach like how to edit in. Premiere Pro, how to edit basic basic editing in Premiere Pro, basic editing in Final Cut, or basic editing in Adobe Audition or whatever. It, it, it's a good foundational thing. I mean, one of them I even kind of took somewhat recently and I didn't know what I'm doing. And then there was something that I watched through that they did. And I was like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Sometimes there's even some basic things that you either forget about or like you 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 maybe it was a new feature and you somehow missed it on an on an update or something and then you're like what I didn't know I could do that like so even 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 pros like sometimes don't don't know on certain certain ways of doing things and stuff too that that that's good to do you know something that you're making me think of that I'd never thought of before Patrick maybe I'm having an idea listen it's like my ufo thing um when i worked at mgm i was assistant to the music editor on five films and uh man that's a world unto itself to score a film Mm -hmm. well i brought what i learned to scoring what we do uh our uh, dramas and mysteries and comedies and so on and it was such a joy to teach that to patrick because he, he knows all the technical stuff that I don't know. And uh, I just realized, Patrick, I don't think anybody teaches what you and I do when we score a picture. You know how you trade a sound for a sound? I'm not going to go through all that right now, but you know the little technical things that we do and 
and where you bring the music in and how you bring it up and bring it down at just the right moments. Have you seen any tutorials on that? I haven't. Well, that's on the job training. Well, I know, but, but that that's kind of, that's the kind of stuff that like, like people want to, want to learn and stuff too. If someone's wanting to learn how to, how to score a, a film or podcast even. Or, yeah. And, and, and yeah, that, I mean, that right there sounds like something that, you know, you could, you could add a starting point. You could even just like screen record what, what you're doing and stuff too, and then save it for later. And then, um, you know, make it more concise later on just to, if and that's an easier, easy kind of way to kind of at least get something st started at least. And then you can mm -hmm. kind of fine tune it from there. If there's any one thing guys, you want people to know about your services, what would it be? Let, let's, let's, speak to the fellow who or the woman who has an idea for a podcast but just doesn't know how to jump in what would you say to them well we meet them where where wherever they are at i don't like to force people into areas that would be better for a podcast or something but if they're not comfortable with doing that or like there's too much technical stuff i, I try to meet them on where they're currently at and then grow from there so I, I think that's an important aspect of being comfortable with your podcast and then get them started on doing just baby steps essentially so like mm -hmm. if they really don't want an extra microphone just start with your laptop microphone or whatever and then and then we kind of step it up from there so from after they gotten familiar with the recording software then it was like okay now let's connect up a better microphone and then later on one, one step at a time and i think it's really important to not get too caught up in the in the weeds on all the little things because you can always make improvements all the sure. time and mm -hmm. it's kind of an element of like okay well when are you going to stop improving and just get it started and just kind of go, <laughs> go for it <laughs> um, and I, I know some people that are, that, that are like it's like you just gotta you just gotta do it like you know if that means just recording on your laptop microphone then just start with that and then you might get some complaints like oh you, your audio quality needs to be better well then now let's step it up <laughs> and then just go from there so so somebody listening to us right now says, oh, I've been wanting to do a podcast so much. I didn't know, I don't know how to begin, but begin by going to D-I-F-M-I-X.com. And when you get there, make contact with them and say, I've been wanting to do a podcast for so long. I don't have a huge budget, but I need to get started. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? What would be your response probably? Well, I don't have a huge budget is kind of a relative term. So oh, it means a different thing to Oprah than it means to me. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've heard somebody, oh, I don't have a huge budget. I've only got a, a, a thousand bucks or whatever. <laughs> and then, but then I've had other people say I got $10 or two. It, it just kind of depends. So they could go you know, make if, a down payment on a headset that gets them started. Uh, right, <laughs> right. Attend our free webinar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One system that's a good testing ground, if you're not sure, you don't want to put a whole lot into, you know, into your podcast, because you're not even sure if you want to keep up with it, because it is, it is something that, that you should be in it for the, for the long run when, when you start one, but you're not even sure if you like the medium, even doing it. Anchor is a really good platform to figure that out on um, just because they do really simplify that process. You can just record, you can do the whole podcast, the whole thing on your phone, your iPhone or Android or whatever. A lot of people sure are doing it. Yeah. And so it's a good, it's a good platform to just test the waters and, and see, maybe you'll spend a little extra time doing it. And then maybe the quality won't be where you want it, but then you just get a feel for it. And then, and then if it's, it seems like something that you want to keep going with it, then, then that's where you can 
can improve and take it a step further. So when they're first contacting you, do you remind them that a podcast has very little chance of surviving if you don't put a new one out there at least once a week? Yep. Yeah. Consistency is very key. And whenever we meet someone, it's, if you're not producing an episode, at least once a week, we don't even offer a plan for that because we find that a lot of people, like if they have it bi-weekly, it doesn't survive. They drop off. Yes. Um, so (laughs) we can attest to that. Yeah. The people that would do bi-weekly, they weren't either, they were too busy to do it or they weren't fully committed to their, their podcast. Mm -hmm. And then also what you, what you just mentioned, your, the podcast's momentum just for the listener base will will drop off too. And so there's a lot of factors against going against the podcast, doing it bi-weekly versus doing it at least weekly. You just have to, we have really learned that. Okay, Patrick, anything else you want to touch on before we go? No, I think we've covered everything. It's been a fascinating topic, and I know that there are not a lot of resources like yours for podcasters and such a growing market. I think you're filling a niche that is uh, is underserved. And I, in the spirit of your upcoming podcast for entrepreneurs, I, I very much admire your entrepreneurship, and I, I, I know you're going to continue to be successful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you. You know, you two have a challenge. I think your challenge is to let everybody know you're there. How do you get the word out? Yeah, that's been a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> so it uh, is. It is. A lot of it is, you know, word of mouth. I mean, with video, it was all word of mouth, but with podcasting, it's a little different since we're, we have clients in Indonesia and Malaysia and all that stuff. So we need a little bit more than word of mouth. So uh, we've been on a lot of Facebook groups. I mean, that's how we found you guys was through a Facebook group and, you know, social media, there's so much power in that. So just going out there, doing these webinars and just reaching out has really helped us as well. We also have an affiliate program for people just to, you know, if they find us a referral, then they'll get 10% of whatever that person pays us for the life of that client. That's good. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. on ours, we don't have anything for sale. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's hard to give an incentive. Uh, we'll come out there and spank you if we find out where you live and that you're not listening. You know, that doesn't frighten the soul. <laughs> I kept saying to Patrick and, and to the other people with us, I don't know how to let people know we're here. So the most logical things, of course, don't come to your mind first. The logical thing is to just Google podcast groups. Well, duh, Mm -hmm. there they were on Facebook, which is where I found you, Amber. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, There aren't that many podcast groups. If anybody gets a handle on how to truly market podcasting, they're going to make a fortune. They're going to be the new Amazon people. They're going to be because that's what's really needed is a a comprehensive program Mm -hmm. for getting your podcast out there, getting your, getting your name, getting your brand known. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely a hard thing because there's so many, like you said, there's like millions of podcasts out there. So it's it's really hard. Yeah, And it's up to the individual right now. You just find your own individual way to do it. But if somebody could just put it in a package, I don't know, maybe give you guys something to think about. (laughs) Full of ideas. Entrepreneurs are full of ideas. It's true. Totally. Thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. We, we just wish you the best with different mix. And we urge people who are wanting to start a podcast and were afraid to start because they didn't know enough. You don't have to know enough. Uh, Eric and Amber know enough for you. At least contact them and give them a chance. Tell them what you want to do and see how you can work together. Good luck on all your endeavors. And we'll keep up and maybe even attend one of your free webinars. That'd be great. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Patrick and Nestor. Thank you, darling. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. 
This is Jeff Evans, thanking you for listening to an episode from Podcast Excursions series, programs that listeners can depend on for conversations and observations that strive to provide quality programs created to entertain, educate, and enlighten. Esther Luttrell and Patrick McGranahan was host and producer. Recording rights to the theme Whispering Rain, composed and performed by Tony Ballou, was made possible through the courtesy of Jack Allen. Mojave Beach Productions I just want to take a moment to thank you for soaring with us on the wings of imagination as you listen to stories we're having so much fun creating for you. If you enjoy what you hear, take a moment to subscribe to Mojave Beach Productions on your favorite podcast app. And thanks a million.